Pastor Greg. Uh, Pastor Greg mentioned already that, uh, yeah, it's been quite the, uh, our family show today. Um, just so you know, the, uh, the, the dedication and me preaching actually wasn't originally supposed to line up, but then something happened and it all came together on one day. I just want to welcome my parents who came out uh, from, they got here from Nova Scotia yesterday, uh, not just for the dedication, Christmas is also happening, there's other family involved, but I'm really grateful to have them here. And uh, actually, they're, they're quite a, a pattern for, for me. There's a lot of their life that has inspired what I'm going to preach to you tonight. Um, I'm really grateful to be able to talk on this topic of uh, the call to tithe. Um, I don't know if you get excited about messages about tithing. I, I, I do feel really, really passionate about this. I just want to tell you, this isn't... I actually asked to speak on this months ago because... Um, because I just care a lot about it, and I uh, feel like God has done something in my life, and I want to, I want to preach about that to you. Um, I wanted to acknowledge tithing is always like an awkward topic, right? Like, so can we just say, like, let's just get that over with. Like, we're awkward, so get over it. Um, so I just wanted to start off, I'm going to start off by being awkward, okay? Um, I'm going to start off by showing you a picture of me before I became a Christian, I, I just, there it is. Um, it's just a couple years before I became a Christian. I wanted to show this to you because Devi saw this picture. It was just like in a, a scrapbook of old photos. And she was like, who is that, first of all? And then, oh, that's you. I would have run away. Like, you know, my wife was like, I would have run away. I saw you in the alley. I would have turned, you know, gone the other direction. Um, I'm starting off that way because I'm going to circle back a little bit to what God did around this time in my life later, but um, I thought I would be awkward to start with and, and show you that, like, you know, there's been a journey uh, for me, especially around finances, and my life has really been changed by tithing. I just want to, I want to say that up front. My life, God has matured me and changed my life through tithing, so I'm going to tell you about that. Um, so I'm going to tar- start off with a bunch of scripture, which is a good place to start if you're preaching, I think. Um, but first, we're going to talk about what is tithing. So you can. So a tithe is literally a tenth. Like, it just means a tenth. So it's not really like a super technical term. It's just a tenth. So, you know, um, you don't need a you know, huge exegesis to, like, look through the Bible and figure that out. It just means a tenth. And um, there is a bunch of scripture that I want to go through really quickly to talk about where it appears in the Bible. And first time that uh, it appears in the Bible is before Moses, before the law, there's these moments where God just puts it on people's hearts to give a tenth. Like he just inspires, the Holy Spirit just inspires out of gratitude to God, people give a tenth. So there's Abraham, he loses his whole family, he goes and gets them all back, plus a bunch of other people, and he gives a tenth to, to God too. Uh, and the same thing with, with Jacob. He's, God's, he, he prays and just says, God, if you're going to bring me back, I just, you know, I'm out of gener- just want to give a tenth to you. Um, and then in the law, um, like when Moses codifies kind of, you know, as God is speaking to his people and giving them an outward description, you know, the law is basically an outward description of what love looks like. Um, it says uh, in Leviticus 27:30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Skipping forward in time to the next slide. <laughs> Post-exile. So once when uh, 
the Jews were, um, Israel was sent into exile, they came back. Um, we, this is a really familiar verse to a lot of people who've been around church for a while. It's Malachi 3, 8 to 10. We're, will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. It's a very powerful verse. It's a very powerful command, rebuke, and promise, like all in one. So usually tithing sermons, this is what we preach about, Malachi. I want to I go forward to um, Jesus talking to the Pharisees in the temple. So in the New Testament, this is um, where you can find tithing being talked about in the New Testament. Um, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, and he says to them, Woe to you, Pharisees, because you, because you give God a tenth. That's, again, that's the tithe, right? The tenth is the tithe. So he's basically saying, Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs. That's what they had to give, just so you know. That's not some kind of don't go start gardening. Um, what you make is just fine. But, he says, you neglect justice and the love of God. What I find so interesting is this last sentence. It says, you should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. So Jesus kind of, there's a few times in the New Testament where he, he, he addresses law, things that were a description when God described to his people what it looked like to be loving, you know, what it looked like to live rightly with each other. Certain laws, like you, you have probably know of like when Jesus said, you heard that it was said, you know, do not murder. I say, don't, you know, don't even hate, you know, don't even hate your brother in your heart. Like, you know, he connects these two things and he takes it to the next level. Like he, he goes, this is this description that I gave to you. I'm looking for that and something more. Like there's, 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 a, there's more. And... Um, I just find, that personally, I find this really um, convicting. Jesus says, you should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. So by going through these, these verses, I just want to uh, make it really clear that God has called us consistently throughout Scripture, from throughout Scripture. This isn't like one verse we kind of pull out of a random place and, and make into a big deal. He's called us throughout Scripture to tithe. Um, so why? Why does God care about this? Um, I, I think that's a really good question to ask whenever you're listening to a sermon or, like, why? Like, what is your motivation, essentially, God? What is your motivation around this? God desires that you, me, and the world are set free not just from spiritual poverty, but from material poverty. It's a, I was like challenged to write this down and, and mean it. I don't know if you, you know, because sometimes we like, it's so clear that God wants to save us um, spiritually, right? In the Bible, like clearly we want to be saved through faith. But there is this message in the Bible, whether it's God talking to us about caring for widows and orphans, whether it's God talking about, to us through Malachi about us giving and him supplying, um, that God really cares, like there is no separation from 
your spiritual salvation and what he wants to do materially in your life. Now, just hear me that I'm, I'm not talking about, um, I don't know, private jets necessarily. Um, but I am talking about separation, you know, when in, in this church, if you've been here for a while, um, one of the things we understand about salvation, like spiritual salvation, is that it's about not being separated from God, right? Like God brings us to himself through Jesus. And uh, the same way, God wants us not to be separated from him in this whole huge area of our life that we spend, you know, for me, I spend 12 hours a day when I'm in the middle of a busy season at work um, making money, making resources. God does not want that to be outside of his rule. And he actually wants to save us there. And this is connected to that. Like his intention, his intention towards us by calling us is always for our good. Like he loves us and he wants us to be saved. And there's this huge area of all of our lives that's about material provision, finances. It's a real thing, right? Like, and and uh, so he wants us to be set free from spiritual and material poverty. And I just want to, again, say poverty, if you want to define poverty, because defining terms is really helpful, poverty is separation from God in an area. Like, if you're separated from God in your finances, no matter how much money you have in the bank, there is poverty in your finances. Do you understand? So, just to define terms. So, if you think, like, wow, I got $100,000 in the bank, I'm not in poverty, you might be. It's possible. Um... So there's two ways that God, um, that this, this call works in our lives. And it starts with a call to responsibility. So uh, work and material life are inside of our discipleship relationship with God. Like it's not outside. It's not this other thing, right? We don't take care of like our spiritual life and then go to a conference on how to like manage our money. There's actually a connection here. Like God is, cares about this. And, you know, there's multiple verses through the Bible, but, of course, a lot of you are familiar with for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right? Like, there's a direct connection between physical treasure, like where your investment is and where your heart is. And often, where your treasure is leads where your heart goes. Um, Making resources is a huge part of our life. And... um, there's this word that I wanted to talk briefly about, which is vocation. I think Christians don't just work, we have vocation, okay? And the word vocation is defined as a function or station in life to which one is called by God, okay? So there's this great quote um, by a guy named Steve Garber, who's just a professor. You don't need to know who he is. I just think the quote's amazing. It says, the word vocation assumes that we live in a universe where there is a caller and that as human beings, we are able to respond. We are responsible. Vocation is understanding who I am and what's mine to be responsible for. Okay, so vocation is like what God is calling you to do. Now, there's things that we're all being called to do through the Bible, like do not murder is a universal call, right? There's none of you that aren't being called not to murder. Um, and, you know, down the line of, like, all of God's um, various things that he cares about and commands us for our good. Um, so, you know, vocation... So I just wanted to talk briefly about this because um, 
I mean, this in includes everything. So often you'll hear people talk about like meaningful work and not meaningful work. Like I can't wait till I do that job that like I feel fulfilled in. And um, although that's, you know, valuable, like that's great. Please pursue jobs that you feel great about. Um, actually God has this, he's calling us Tithing is actually a way to make every job we do part of the vocation he's called us to, the position, the calling that he's called us to, uh, which is love him, one another in the world, right? So it's actually there's this redeeming quality. Tithing turns work, creation of responsibility, uh, resources, into part of that function or station in life that you particularly are called to. Um, Part of that is being part of the church. Part of that is being member of family. Part of that is, you know. So going to back to Malachi 3, um, if you don't mind flipping the slide here, this is a really sobering, like I just want to, under this topic of responsibility, God has, has brought to us a gift of responsibility. Um, the, the verse Malachi, there's this, I'm just going to read a section of it. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. So there's this difficult fact, or there's this difficult thing to wrestle with, which is God's good, and he's given us responsibility, even to the point where when we're disobedient, there might actually be lack of like resources for good. Like he actually cares so much about... Um, maturing us, loving the world, that he actually makes room. Like you guys, you know, like some, you're talking to somebody about Jesus and they're like, well, why isn't, you know, why is there starving people someplace in the world? That's a, that's a real thing that we struggle with, right? And, um, uh, but there's this difficult fact that when God is so good, he cares so much about our freedom and our ability to choose love that he actually gives us like he gives us responsibility but it's not obligation like when you show up at church we don't issue you an invoice for 10% of your salary do you know what I mean because you're free it needs to be like there's something that has to happen out of the heart but there's there's this uncomfortable truth that like when we look out into the world there's actually good things that aren't being done because we're not responsible do you understand that like, this, this is a heavy thing for me. To, we're going to get to other good things in a second. But this is, there's just this, this is a reality. Like, this is a reality of the, of the good news. That God says, like, I love you so much and care about, like, you maturing. And I love you so much that I, I'm not going to issue you an invoice. I'm calling you. I'm calling you to do it. Like, I'm, I'm, I want to have a relationship with you. I don't want to be... A schoolmaster. I want to be, you know. Uh, okay. So hopefully we're all feeling a little bit heavy. Um, things aren't happening because we're not responsible. Um, no, that's not what I'm hoping. I just hope you, I hope you receive that. I don't know. I receive that. I just want you to know that, like, I, if I'm going to preach something to you, I have been working this through in my own heart. Um, so. Okay, so on to the next, which is, he calls us, like, to, so again, he's, his, his, um, a, sorry, uh, part two is privilege or liberty. You could say freedom too, but I just tried to find other words. I like using synonyms, <laughs> finders on the internet. 
Um, so like I said, God gives us responsibility, but he doesn't give us obligation. Like, you're never going to come to this church and get, be given an invoice, right? Like, or even an emotional invoice. Like, I'm not, you know, nobody's going to be like, hey, pay up. Like, that's not going to happen, right? Like, God, just like God was, is freely giving to us, as Christians, we, we approach this topic the same way. Um, however... In our freedom, the Holy Spirit has provided us the power and ability to respond to him, to his call, with faith and obedience. So this is a, a really key thing. Like, we are living in, you know, a lot of people say, I actually started talking about this tithing sermon with somebody, and, and they said to me, um, we're living in the age of grace, man, you know, like, and, and, and I was like, yeah, you're totally right. Because the word grace means God's provision of the power and ability and strength to do what he calls us to do. Do you guys, you know what I mean? Like, it's actually good news. It's better than the age of grace, which is like the age of excusing myself from hard things. Do you understand? Um, um, so we are in this time after the, like, we're, we're in the time where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he's saying, like, I see you doing the letter of the law. I actually am not, I, I don't want just that. I want you to care about justice and mercy. And, but I'm connecting those two things together. I'm saying one 100% and the other 100%. Like, don't stop doing the thing I'm calling you to do, but I want your hearts to be engaged in it. That's what he's calling them out on. Because um, Jesus fulfills the law, right? He fulfills the law. He fulfilled the law. And is calling us to rely on his power to go beyond the law's requirements. I just want you to, to understand that. Like, um, we are in a position of liberty, but God's calling us to use our liberty for good, right? Like, it's, this is the origin story, like the superhero origin story, where it's like, here's the things you've been given, now do something good with them, you know, like... Um, so I just want to acknowledge a few challenges with the, um, the call to tithe because it is not easy. I think that um, there's a few things that I, that I hear and I just want to like put it out there. I hear really often um, something along the lines of when I make enough money like to feel comfortable, I will start tithing. Um, which is, um, you know, often I talk this through with people like, okay, so you have $100 and it's hard to give $10 away. Now imagine having $1,000 and giving $100 away. Now imagine having $10,000 and giving $1,000 away. That's not getting easier. Like that's not the, you know what I mean? That, that, that's not an easy trajectory. So that doesn't work logically. Like it, it isn't for, for us to um, just internally myself, like, for, to become comfortable with doing something, it usually is actually easier to start when there's less on the line. Um, so just putting it out there. There's, um, um, I mean, there's just a lot of fear in us, right? Like, I mean, I think that's what it really comes down to. There's, I, um, I get afraid <laughs> uh, still a lot. And, um, The enemy attacks tithing because of that connection 
to, you know, when you are like uh, in here in church in um, community, um, we can. Man, I'm so I'm like I I'm, I'm stuttering so much because it's like it's so. I do not want to break trust with you, and I do not want to say the wrong thing, and I do not want to call you to the wrong thing. I want you to hear the call that God is putting out to you. And um, he wants to banish fear, and he wants to uh, fill this call with love. And there's so many ways that that could be um, derailed. And the enemy would love to have you receive this as, I don't know, like the church needs money, Dylan needs money, like, or some kind of weird thing I'm getting, I don't know. I just, they're, the, the enemy is really invested in keeping us not feeling a heart commitment to being, I don't know, for lack of a better word, owners, like ownership over, um, the things that are going on here in our church and uh, the good that God's calling us to do in the world. Okay, I'm going to move on a little bit. Um, So God's calling us to faith, and faith is um, a a definition that I really, uh, in in the story about in Hebrews where it talks about Abraham's faith, talks about God calling him and Abraham considering his body and knowing that it's dead, but trusting that the one who calls him is able to do what he says. And I feel like this is what happens so much with finances for me, is like, um, on one hand, I think I'm just not going to budget. I'm just going to act in faith. Um, my wife does not like this when I do this. <laughs> These are the worst times. Um, uh, That's not faith. Faith, like Abraham took the time to consider the situation. And then he said, God said this, I believe God. I'm investing in like in him, who he is, what he says he can do. The good news is all calls come with a promise. You know, like, so Abraham was called, like, leave your land. God didn't just say leave your land. Like he could have. Just leave your land. But he says, leave your land. I will make you a great nation. Like he connects the two. Leave, you know, trust me. I have something good for you. Um, You know, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. Like he's, the call comes with like a promise. And in Malachi, you know, going back to that verse, God says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be no room enough. There will not be room enough to store it. And also in Second Corinthians, um, there's a couple verses here. Second uh, Corinthians nine verse eight, and God is able to bless you uh, abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So, just flip to the next slide. I find this. This next verse from 1 Peter, amazing. God says, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. In a, so he's saying, 
don't stop being free. Don't be, don't feel, don't be obligated. Like he's taking a huge risk, right? God is like God Almighty. He knows what needs to happen. He's kind of telling us what needs to happen, right? And he says, live as free people, but don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. So, you know, in other words, don't use, don't say, um, don't use your freedom as a cover-up for being afraid or um, unwilling or disobedient. Um, Instead, bind yourself to me. Bind yourself to me. Like, that's what that means. Live as God's slaves. In the, in the, you know, modern context, it's a little bit awkward to use the word slaves. Essentially what it means is, like, live as God owns my life. Like, live as God is 100% in control. And in that context, my freedom, it's like I'm 100% free to be 100% devoted to God. And it's, in that verse is responsibility and your liberty is combined. So, this is a, a big statement, but tithing is the minimum expression of material love. So like, you know how like, um, tithing is an expression of love towards God. You, you know how like, as a parent, if you say like, I say to Donovan all the time, watch one Paw Patrol. Right, and when like I hear Paw Patrol running the second time, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like super down, but I feel like I don't feel loved. <laughs> There's a little, tiny little bit. I want them to trust me. Tithing is an expression of love. It's the entry point into financial discipleship, into God teaching and directing your material life. And I, man, I struggled over putting the word minimum in there (laughs) because it just seems like I don't want to minimize, you know, other generous things you guys do. Um, But the law, that's what the law was, right? The law was this, like, here's a description, external description, and Jesus came and he said, like, don't just do the external thing and be compassionate, loving, like, this is the minimum. This is, like, I gave you this minimum, but I actually want to give you my grace to go way beyond that. So, okay, so um, I really care about this topic because of uh, my life, what God did in my life. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of God's story in my life. So going back to that guy, um, that's me. Um, this isn't that guy. I don't want to talk in the third person about myself. So... Uh, at this point in my life, I was just about to have uh, my daughter. I'm 22 here in this picture, and I become a Christian just after turning 25, after um, separation, uh, risking losing my daughter, uh, falling on my knees, and just asking God, like, what is it I need to do? And he challenged me to answer the question whether Jesus was the truth or not. That's what he said to me at that time. And I came into the church, when I became a Christian at the age of 25, um, I was a single parent. Uh, I had Gracie, my daughter, every weekend. So I needed to maintain a, at least a one-bedroom place, you know, in, in Vancouver. It was, like, expensive. And I needed to stay in Vancouver because that's where she was. And um, 
I needed to sustain that household so I could sustain the relationship. I also had $45,000 of debt I was carrying um, from a bunch of bad decisions. Um, and my yearly income was $27,000. I, I look back. <laughs> so, like me today, I run those numbers in a second in my head. I'm like, 45,000, 27, kid, bedroom. Like, you're not getting out of debt, right? You're, you're going bankrupt. And that's what I was thinking about. I was going bankrupt um, when I came, uh, became a Christian. I had no other options. And I was uh, praying about this. Actually, we had the week of prayer and fasting, and then in the weeks following, I was still uh, praying and fasting about this decision and kind of thinking like, God, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna go through this? This seems like the only option. And one day out of the blue, like, I just really felt God, God spoke to me and said, you're not allowed to go bankrupt. I want you to start tithing. It's just like, makes no sense, right? I want you to not go bankrupt, and I want you to spend more money. I want you to change your budget. And I had no idea how that those things could go together. Um, I don't actually remember making the decision like to tithe or not to tithe. I just like, I have been. So I, could, I just couldn't remember back if there was a moment. But I remember hearing that from God and just being like, oh, like third way. There's like, you know, um, we're usually stuck in two things. And that God is like, came in and interjected. Here's a third way. And so I started to um, basically I started to just talk to all the debt collectors every week who called me. <laughs> and I started to tell them like, hey, I'm a Christian now. I'm tithing, which means I can't pay you. Um, but I've decided to pay this one debt. God also kind of said like, focus on one debt at a time. And um, long story short, like over a seven or eight month period, like all these debt collectors started to say like, hey, we'll just take like half of what you owe us if you could just like get you off our books. And God cut my debt in half in about eight months. And which is not something I thought of, like that's just God leading me to do, you know, through, and I started, I had started tithing. So God cut my debt in half. And then over, as a, in slow obedience, this is a picture of me and Gracie, my daughter at the time, that, at that age. Um, in slow obedience over the next five years, I just like, and through the generosity, my parents are here, and they were uh, incredibly helpful to uh, fill, you know, mercy and grace. They had lots of mercy at moments to help me make financial moves to, to take care of things, which was incredible. Um, so after over five years, um, basically I was able to pay down the debt and not go bankrupt. And then I got accepted to this amazing school, which is like, you know, I was like one of six people in all of Canada to go to this film school in Toronto. Um, met Debbie there, could afford to have a wedding, which is awesome. There's a picture of Debbie, yeah, around the, that time. Um, I got married to a person who has amazing and very complimentary financial wizardry mind. And, um, as things have gone on, like I am a, I'm a film producer, some of you guys know, and um, like over time, God has just shown me all the times when like I couldn't have done things if I would have just gone bankrupt and done the thing that seemed like the clear worldly wisdom thing to do. And um, God, I really uh, 
strongly know that he, through calling me to tithe, he, start, he broke this financial thing in my life. Like I stopped managing all my finances. I started listening to God and listening to people who are wise around me. And God totally changed my financial life. Um, I couldn't, like I just, I produced a movie a couple years ago. I couldn't have signed the bond on the like massive loan that we had to get to make the movie. And I couldn't have repaid it because I wouldn't have had the financial wisdom. I probably would have spent it if that was back in the day. Um, we were able to buy an apartment. There's a bunch of, there's just so many things, but God used tithing. Tithing was God's vehicle to test my heart and bless me. I just wanted you to know that. Like, God, that's what tithing was. Tithing was God's vehicle to make me a member, which means belong in the church. And uh, I don't know how to describe that because if you're here and you're not tithing, it's not like you're not, you don't belong here. But there's something, you know, when you're in, uh, a place and you take responsibility for it and you're like I'm, I'm in like I'm in when this place you know if this family needs something this is I am I am part of this family and it's my problem if there's, if there's a financial thing going on here if there's a missionary who needs help raising money if there's this is I feel connected to that because I'm a member I'm a member of a family and I'm a member of the body of Christ and I'm connected here um, tithing was God's vehicle to a lifetime adventure of trusting him to deliver more than I could ask or imagine. I just want you to hear that. Like, when I became a Christian, I had no imagination for what God could do in my life materially. Like, I'm, and just so you know, like, it's not, I don't own a private debt jet, um, and uh, me and Debbie still talk about our budget and we work through things, but I feel free, and I'm not afraid. And um, so, last slide. Hang on. I think the I think the boys are on there too. Yeah, they're awesome. Okay, next one. Oh, you know what? This just so you know, the background here. This is actually a photo I took from my uh, my balcony of our apartment that we own. Um, and it's one of those things, like, I like Facebook because it lets you humble brag, you know, you're, like, occasionally you're just like, oh, yeah, I just snapped this photo from my balcony, and it's, like, amazing. <laughs> just happened, you know, just, like, today. Um, okay, next slide, please. Just wanted to humble brag. So th this is the summation. I just want you to know, okay, so I told you a little bit about my story, but this is not a unique thing. Like, um, your called to vocation, you're called to responsibility and freedom, and you are called to tithe. Like if you're here tonight, that's what I really wanted to, to, to say to you is that um, you're called to, to love God in your finances. I don't know how else to say it. And um, I just want you to receive that because it, it um, and I think I, I will leave it there, but I just... Um, maybe I can pray for you quickly as I close. Father, thank you for this um, this season. Thank you for thank you for your just amazing um, 
You've just poured out so many blessings on us, God. Um, and the Christmas season is just a example of, and a, every year it's a memorial of how much you've poured out for us. And um, God, I pray that we will receive your call. When we hear your voice, God, and it calls us to something awkward and maybe difficult or something that we can't imagine, God, I pray that we will focus on that it's your voice, that it's it's you calling us. It's it. We can trust you, God. And I just glorify you for the freedom that you have poured out into your church um, for us to receive from you and to turn that back and glorify you back and, and to give and to be free. I just pray freedom and responsibility over this congregation tonight that we will receive all the good things that you have for us. And um, thank you so much for this for this evening in Jesus name. Amen.